You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Welcome, 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 welcome to the After the Show podcast. Sid Talk, what are you doing sitting in your pajamas at six o'clock in the daytime. You're only talking to me about this welcome, yes. Jess? Or are you talking to the people listening to you? I'm, I'm pointing them What do you mean, what am I doing in my pajamas? Did you get dressed in any different form today other than putting shorts over I your shorts? I put shorts on. And is that the shirt you slept in last night? Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. There we go. <laughs> I'm in my pajamas because it's my day off. Haven't had to leave the house. In fact, only just now did I put on pajama pants. Is this the before the after the show discussion? No. no. Before the after the show discussion was, I was looking up about Ryan Gosling. And, uh... Related to this movie. Yeah. I, there, were fa- there were things I never knew about him. This is interesting facts about Ryan Gosling. Is it? One. <laughs> he's married to Eva Mendes. Didn't know that? Did you know that? I don't know if that's interesting. I did not know it. Two. I was not interested in it, so that makes it not interesting. <laughs> Two. He always wears a wristwatch. Don't well, know now it says it. He incorporates into his character. I don't know if that means he always. Wears and now them. I'm going to be looking for wristwatches when I watch him. Three. He, his first break, was he auditioned for the Mickey Mouse Club, which a lot of uh, young uh, yep. singers actors do. He's Canadian. I didn't know that. Thought he was American. And the last one was. What was the last one? His pet peeve. His pet peeve is when people mistake him for the other Canadian the other. Ryan, Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> like there's only one. There's only two, <laughs> two Ryans. Two Ryans from two Canada. Two actors from Canada, and they get mistaken for each other, and he hates that. Yeah, he hates that. So that is your Ryan Reynolds uh, facts and fun frolics for this week. It's not that fun. <laughs> I call him Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> <laughs> Not that interesting. Ryan Gosling. Maybe everyone else would think so. If they if they like that kind of stuff, they need to watch Access Hollywood. So it is Saturday, August the twenty seventh. Uh, this is after the show number four hundred and forty two. We're a Blu-ray review show, and we're looking at a Blu-ray this week. Movie review show. It's always on Blu-ray. Though, it doesn't right? matter. It could come on any other form, and we would review it. Yes. Sometimes streaming. Don't try to sound all fancy and Very shit. rarely do we st- review a streaming movie, but we do. We don't watch Spangoolie on Blu-ray, and we'll talk about that. So um, we're looking at the Blu-ray of <laughs> The Nice Guys. It's a, it's a 2016 movie released on Blu-ray August the 23rd, so you can pick this one up now. Rated R for mature, and uh, has some it has some nudity and some violence and some language. Some violence, yes. And it's from our friends at Warner Brothers. And <coughs> Sid Talk will give you the synopsis of the Nice Guys. Um, I think it's like a unofficial private eye and a private detective crisscross paths trying to find a young lady in the midst of what could be a bigger. Like a uh, crime story, you know, could be cover-ups, could be not. It's just, it's really just a crime story. Yeah, it is. Us uh, solving a crime kind of thing. Um, Set it's a in mixture the 1970s. Of things. Could be a buddy movie. Yeah, it could be a period piece. 
but the heart of it is two private eye guys coming together to solve kind of a crime. All right, so let's get into the movie. It's also a father-daughter movie. Movie review. So, you said to me, I don't know what you based this on. Nothing. The cover. The cover? You said, I'm not really looking forward to this one. You know why? Why? I thought that was John Goodman. Where? Oh. <laughs> I mean... I was prejudging. I mean, Russell has put a few pounds on for this role. Yeah. I, I, from here, it still looks like John Goodman. Yeah, but it is not. Um, you Did you like John Goodman in a 10 Cloverfield Lane? You did. Kind of. Yeah. It was better in that because it was more distinct. Right. Than he has been a lot. All right, so you said, yeah, I'm not looking forward to this one, and it isn't John Goodman. It's Ryan Gosling (laughs) and uh, Russell Crowe. Correct. So um, this is from the director who brought us Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, which we both really, really liked a lot. Because, you know, when you're married, you share a brain. So we've come to the stage of our marriage when you'll say, you'll come in and go, do I like this? Yeah. Do I like these? Do we um, like this? Do we like this movie? We like this movie. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang (laughs) was another movie with a duo teaming up. It was... um, Robert Downey Jr. and Val Kilmer. And this one Iron is... Man and Batman. Good combination. Yeah. And then uh, the director of this movie went on to direct Iron Man 3. So there's the, um, there's the connection there. Um, so what did you think of The Nice Guys? I enjoyed it. I'll give you my word for it now. I have five words I pick from every week about a movie. And the one I'm going to pick today is fun. It's just... Yes, it's very violent. Yep. It's kind of tragic at times. But then it keeps putting that on its head. And it's just fun around every every punch and every gunshot. <laughs> we cannot emphasize enough. This is very violent. So even if you see a clip or something where there's the young daughter who's kind of ta- trailing along with these two, she's like 13 years old, don't mistake this for like a, you know, a lethal weapon type fun violent thing. It's more like hardcore violent thing. And the director, Shane Black, let's say, actually wrote all four lethal weapon movies and... It has uh, that sensibility. The Last Boy Scout. Those yet, kind of movies. Yeah, it has that sensibility. But it's got a... Got more violence. Um, and a sense of big... A more of a, a different sense of humour. It's not yeah. the obvious uh, lethal what, weapon what, 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 style humour. It's more... It's very funny, this movie. It's the mm-hmm. thing that surprised me. I didn't expect it to be as funny as it is. Some of the funny stuff in this movie is slapsticky, which I don't generally like, but in this movie, it seemed a little bit elevated from just people whacking each other on the head. Not always. No, I mean, there's some this tripping yeah. over, there's, you know, there's... But, like I just said to you, there's a scene when uh, Ryan Gosling is on the toilet <laughs> and Russell Crowe's talking to him and you're like, why are they talking... Well, he's in, like, a public restroom and he opens the door of the... And it's a slapsticky kind of scene, but the dialogue's wrote so well and it's... He's got a broken arm, so he it's difficult it so for him well. to go to the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> so he's trying to, like, talk to him, and he's also trying to, like, open the door, and he's also trying to pull his pants up. The whole thing just... Leave. I was actually laughing out loud. Don't laugh out loud a lot in movies, but it was hilarious. Um, and this had a few moments of that. There's a moment where they go up in an elevator, and the dialogue between them is just hilarious. Like, well, for what's going on, on the, there's some action stuff going on. They're in an elevator... And what they're saying to each other, I won't spoil it because it's really funny, is really well written. It's 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 well performed as yeah. well. And that dialogue could be in the hands of somebody who doesn't make it as good. Right. I think. Ryan so Gosling's got this um, this character that he plays, um, Holland March. 
He's kind... It's difficult to say what he is. He's kind of stupid. He's also kind of clever in, in, in the same sentence. But he's... He's, he's bumbling around a little bit and he's a bit of a mishap kind of guy and some of the things he says it's like the things that we hear when we watch Big Brother sometimes and somebody says is France in Europe? it's that kind of thing that yeah. comes out of his mouth where you're like whoa <laughs> so it leads to a lot of funny dialogue and Russell Crowe's reaction to him like I can't believe what this guy's saying a lot of the time like and what are you doing? why are you getting drunk? and what are we doing here? did you fall down that thing? like yeah, we've, we've layered a lot on top of these characters that makes them not just... I mean, you can reduce anybody to a cardboard cutout and say, this is the guy who's a, a functioning alcoholic, who's the bumbling Ryan yeah. Gosling guy, and he's not a great father, but he loves his daughter, and so that's very two-dimensional. Yeah. And yet, because of how he is, it fills it all in. Russell Crowe is obviously a recovering alcoholic, has a dead wife, and... It's very violent. He's not, like, carrying her around. I'm saying that his <laughs> wife is, de- is dead. Yeah. And basically that has transformed him into where he'll go and punch somebody Tough in the guy, face yeah. and tell him to get off. Like, people pay him to go... Rough people up. Because of whatever reason. And so, you know, that also sounds very two-dimensional. Oh, It sounds like you've seen it before. It sounds like Liam Neeson in yeah. every action movie we've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> you know, was, you know Jason in a different Statham way. In yeah. Well, he doesn't have a dead wife, does he? Jason Statham and Transporter and stuff? Doesn't yet. I'm sure. Maybe throughout the movies we end up with uh, and Jason and Bourne. He doesn't have a dead woman until spoiler later in the in the franchise. But um, so I think that would be very easy without this director, without these performers, without the other people. Even Joel Silver is right there with him. It's just weird. He's like a big time producer, but he was on the set from what it looked like a lot. Yeah, he was. And they're all intelligent Hollywood people, you know, the to- storytellers, and they've made it layered and I think that's down to the director giving them a lot of direction and yet these two people particularly and the girls are amazing the young ladies are amazing a chance to really be every like the gestures their facial expressions their reactions there's one time when one guy says something and they just cut to the girl for like a split second and all she does is like excel really hard but she's not looking at the camera it's not overdone it's just that tells me her, you know, in an instant, in a good way, her whole attitude about the whole situation. I yeah. thought that was really good. And what's interesting about it is, you know, there, there's a Will Ferrell film. I can't remember its name. I've watched it on HBO one night. And it was like, it was like, it, it, there were private detectives, him and Marky Mark, I believe. Somebody will know the name Are you of sure it. you weren't dreaming this? No. And it was like a, a silly buddy cop type thing. And this is not that. It might have been called The Good Guys with uh, Will Ferrell and Marky okay, Mark. Okay, sounds right. Um, Marky Mark. Yeah. And, it, and, and what that movie the was... The Other Guys. The Other Guys. What okay. that movie was, was like, they were cops, but they were the other guys, the ones that, in cop movies, you know, it is, it's the stereotype thing of, when you watch a cop movie, there's the two star cops, and then there's the other two guys who they go and talk to every now and then, who are just nothing. Yep. And they were those two guys. But that movie, um, it's silly in an Anchorman-style way. It's silly, silly. Shock. And that's what I thought this movie might be at first when I saw the cover. The cover really sells it wrong, I think. Oh, totally. It's, it makes it look really That's goofy. one of the reasons I was like, yeah. uh, Anchorman with cops. That's and what I I know you too. love Anchorman, but at a certain point I've kind of gotten over it, but it's not that. But this is more 
I was I was going to say intelligent way of doing a comedy, but I think it's just a different way of doing a it's comedy. It's more grown up, but yeah. not in the grown up giggle way. It's not like it's not like let's say silly stuff and ad lib all the time because that's funny. It's very. It's written. like when I'm a teenager and I grow up and make movies. This is what I want it to be. It's not that. That's what um, the Forty Year Old Virgin and Knocked Up and all those are. It's like if I was eighteen, what movie will I make when I'm grown up and right. get away with it? This is more like. It's not trying to be outrageous. It's trying to be... That word that I don't particularly like because it's hard to define, but it's a little quirky because it lets it lets the reins go sometimes when you're you're like, what world am I in? And sometimes it the, gets a bit bizarre. The like, bee. And, yeah. 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 And, you, and you're <laughs> but like, there's okay. an explanation. You yeah. know, it's not Barton Fink. We're not talking about like, uh, like the, fear and loathing in Las Vegas or anything. Like the part where Ryan Gosling's swimming with the mermaid. <laughs> yeah, but that's real. It's just... Yeah, it's really... It's odd, though, when you're watching it. You're like, okay. And then he's got dry hair, like, almost immediately. So you're like... <laughs> Did he dream that? Yeah, so Did there is bits that? of that in yeah. this movie where I was like, oh, was that real, that part, or not? But, um, yeah, it, it... It's it's a hard one to... Like, if you've seen Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, it's exactly that style of humour. It's uh, Is it dark humour? I guess it is, right? Because it's always, always dealing with... There's always a... The subject, what's going on? I mean, on. if darkness equals laughing at an alcoholic guy, kind of bumbling around, because that mm. sounds really dark. And if it, if the comedy is you have a thirteen-year-old daughter who is witnessing pornography because the father's so inept, and you kind of giggle because whoa, you're uncomfortable. She's way more grown up than he is. It always is that way. Yeah. When there's an alcoholic parent, right, or a troubled parents, the the kid always grows up with more grown upness. Always. And that's and what's represented here. I, I like the relationship between him and his daughter. She's way more grown up than he is, and she keeps him in check. Mm-hmm. And he knows that. <laughs> he course. knows that, like, without her, he would probably not function whatsoever. But he tries to protect her a lot. He's, she's like, I'm just here to help you. And he's like, no, go away. I can't really have, a, like, a little girl with me on this <laughs> in this big party. Um, so I really like the relationship. Oh yeah, the 70s party. Awesome. There is a cool 70s party. Awesome, awesome. Things we've heard of in movies and heard hints of in other tales of Hollywood. Yeah. This is a Hollywood Hills 70s party. Attention to detail is crazy. some crazy shit that probably never happened, but then again, of course it could have happened. Yeah. Uh, So yeah, there is a really cool party, and there's also a really cool automotive show at the end, which is also in the 70s. You know what? There's one, another thing I thought was good about this movie. It was. It's very difficult to make a um, period movie when you're actually filming in LA. And sure, there's a lot of shots in this movie where this director. And if you look at other '70s movies, they're very precise. They will look at one little street and there's five old '70s cars. In this movie, the camera pans up above a highway and there's hundreds of 70s cars driving and it's not stock footage. There's one thing I was thinking. Yeah. We've got more CGI in this movie yeah, than you're going to have in some action movies. Seriously, even in the elevator, they're on a green yeah. screen. It just looks like an elevator. Another shot I was thinking the mermaids even. Right. Their tails, those aren't put those are like CGI. They right. had to be the way yeah. it looked. And I there's a lot of when the cars driving down the street this movie's set in LA in the 70s. You all know the landmarks of LA in the 70s. It looks out of the window, and there's Hollywood Records. Look, it looking like it looks in the 70s. They go to the town hall, where the protesters are. Yeah. It it looks the part. Everything looks the part. And I think, yeah, there's a lot of green screen in this movie, but it's not noticeable. You don't notice it. Correct. And when they did pull up the camera when they were on the highway, I was like, 
Wow, that's a full 70s highway. There's hundreds of cars. Obviously CG, but not obviously when you're watching it. I just thought, oh look, there's footage from correct, the 70s. Correct. It's really cool the way it's been done. They don't scrimp on that. They don't go, hey, let's just film this one little location here because we only got five 70s cars. It's not like that. It's just really authentic. When they drive up to the Hollywood Hills and they're looking out over the... over the, It, it doesn't look like it does now. It doesn't look like it was filmed yesterday. So I was impressed with that. Well, because it wasn't, that, so... Because that level of detail doesn't go into comedy movies generally. They usually stick it in a small stage. I think more now than we realize. Yeah. Because it's cheaper to do CGI than it would be to stage an entire... Close down a street and you know, get all the cars from all the collectors that have to stand behind the yeah. camera and don't touch my baby. Because, you know, that happens in some movies, so... It was really good. So wardrobing was really good too on this movie. Uh, everything, all the interiors of the houses. This is a movie that's got so much detail. I, I happen to have loved the 70s. I love brown and orange and gold. I love it. I want my house to be covered in it. I like the macrame. I like the wicker. I mean, I, um, I was born in 1967. So by the time the middle of the 70s was rolling around, my mother had wicker and some crazy wallpapers. I don't remember any of that. Browns. Her clothes had the very 70s vibe where she had the high pull-up um, sort of like... Uh, pants. Pants, but they were like... It was like a dress, but it was pants, you know, you know, I don't know, culottes, but long. And the, she had the tall white boots that came up to her knees. And her hairdo was like the beehive coming back from the 70s or from the 50s, but in a different way. And all the big patterns everywhere. And so I was noticing in the rooms, particularly in the girls' room, all the stuff that somebody had taken the time to probably go to Goodwill and go to every every storeroom on the movie lot to find every 70s reference that a girl would have in their room. And it was really, had like a Sex Pistols poster up on one wall and, you know, lots of detail. And the party, again, the house, was exactly how you imagine like a hip 70s cocaine guy <laughs> to have like this house. Now the thing is, we saw one house, which was, I forget which one it was. It looks like a house that's here in this town. Right. White, I mean, remember? It's like on the edge of the river. It's built that way, and it was built in the 70s, so. Now, the story itself in this movie, I I have to give special note to that opening scene with the kid and the car and the accidents. Oh, yeah, yeah. So well done. (laughs) You don't even notice it after a while. When I said I I liked that movie that we saw on Spanguli called The Car, because I've never seen a car barrage into a (laughs) house before. There's, it's done in this movie, but better, obviously. It's, it just is insane. Like, a car comes barreling through a house. Yep. And uh, there's, a, you know, the incident that happens at the beginning. Now, the plot itself of this movie, it's not something you've not seen before. It's a bit of a, you know, a, a trail for the private eyes to go on that leads them to one thing, that leads them to another, that leads them to corruption. Correct. That leads them to bad Question guys. Question mark, who's really the bad guy yeah. here? It's not a new... And you know what? It's not... It's a, it's a fine little mission that they're on but it's not the mission that's the good part about the film Mm -mm. it's the chemistry between the two guys the movie the guy who wrote it even knows that because we're not it's not it doesn't take I'm not spoiling anything it just it's just another mission it's not wrapped the way Lethal Weapon is wrapped or anything you know it's not like no it's It's a case the end of an episode of the A-Team where you're like done and dusted and everybody smokes their cigar and goes on it's more like uh we could Question do another mark. case here. But the case yeah. itself is really, really... It's fairly predictable what's going on. It's uh, it's of little consequence, a lot of it. It's just... I, I'm finding the enjoyment in the movie. Not really the case, but 
just spending time with these two guys when they're together because the chemistry between them is really, really funny and dark sometimes. There's some really cool bad guys in this movie. Like, it's obvious they're all designed bad guys. There's a guy with a blue face. You know, it's kind of Batman-ish. Yeah. There's a guy with... There's a older guy, he's called, who's like a... Just but he's a, really good. Yeah, he's really from good. the 70s, that yeah. guy. He's been in lots Keith of movies. David, yeah. Oh, yeah, it is Keith David. Yeah. And I was thinking, this old... Why are they bringing this old dude? But he... The no, fight scenes with him and Russell Crowe were awesome because Russell Crowe was like the big guy you would think not going to be great but they were both it was really powerful and then towards the end of the movie there's a bad guy that's like almost out of a Coen Brothers movie or a you know like a oh open, yeah yeah like like a a real like a Jaws like somebody from Bond who's just unflappable type of guy, yeah, yeah unflappable no mercy doesn't give a shit about society or people at all. He's got a mission, he's got a job, and that's it. And they're all really interesting, those bad guys, all of them. And I even think, like, um, Kim Basinger's henchwoman is is yeah. cool and interesting and funny. It's funny what happens there. So all the parts of it are funny. The action is really good, and it, there's a surprising amount of action in this movie. I thought it was really going to be like a talkie movie, but they get into, like, full-on Hollywood movie Bond action sequences at times there's fights on top of things there's people falling off things it's it's oh also want to make special note when somebody falls off something in a movie and splatters on the ground usually <laughs> never see the splattering on the ground do you usually no. ah, and then like you actually see the splattering on the ground in this movie yeah. i was like wow <clears throat> they actually did they went that far to do that so um yeah the movie itself i think is a really good movie it's very funny Lots of chemistry between people. Really interestingly written characters. And, like I say, the plot itself... It feels like movie of the week kind of plot to me. You know when you watch Magnum or, or some movie yeah, like... it does. It's not very interesting, really. A, a porno star dies. And there's a, a, bit, a, a corruption trail that leads to something. We've seen that a million times. But that's not what you go in this movie for, I don't think. It's not for the plot. It's for the acting and the comedy so let's move on to the uh, actors and cast here, uh, Ryan Gosling plays Holland March I um, love Ryan Gosling I've always said to you um, it was Drive that sold me no, before Ryan. that you liked Lars and the, and the Real Lars Girl. and the Real Doll yeah, yeah. Uh, Real Girl yep. yeah. yeah, fantastic yep. and then Drive cemented it for me and then the movie that he directed, Lost River, which a lot of people hate. I liked it. But it was right up my street. It was... <laughs> it was Or up your flooded street. It has, da, this, da, da. it has that drive kind of neon dream kind of vibe to it. And I just loved that. And it was really a cool movie. Um, so he can direct. He can act. I was talking about him before this podcast. He can do something like Gangster Squad that's like literally, you know, super Hollywood. Everybody's in it for a paycheck. Empty calories. He can do that. And then he can turn around and do Drive or The Nice Guys where he's it's completely different to the character in Drive. Place Amongst the Pines. I'm impressed with him. I think he's really a, one of... He's a great actor. Um, I enjoy watching him. I always want to see what he does next. And he always surprises me with what he does next. It's never the same thing. So I like Ryan Gosling a lot. That's my um, Ryan Gosling praise. He's awesome. I, I, I'm intrigued to see every single thing that he does. I think he gets better as he's getting yep. older too. Like, I agree. So, uh, I also think exactly the same thing about Russell Crowe. He gets better as he gets older. 
Um, uh, Russell Crowe is obviously a very... Sometimes he's just Russell Crowe, and yeah. it's not that interesting at all. And then other times, like in the one with the... The Anzac one. Yep, that one. Yeah. And this, there's a... something. Yes, there are moments of Russell Crowe just being, you know, the settled middle-aging man with the chip on his shoulder a little bit and some drama in his life and now he's over it. I mean, that's a very common character for him, but in this one there are moments where I think together even they change each other's performance, you know, when they're in scenes together. I've never thought of Russell Crowe as funny before. <clears throat> yeah, in this movie, he's very funny. Like I think you think of all the films Russell Crowe's done, he's usually very serious. There's not really sure. much funniness going on in his stuff. So I was surprised with how funny he was. And Russell Crowe is he's a fantastic actor. I mean, go back and watch A Beautiful Mind or Gladiator even. He he really is a good actor. No, um, Gladiator is just him being really super serious, remember? It is, but So I don't know if that's good. It's just that he There holds are moments on to... that really stand out as to me though. But that's a combination of everything, isn't it? Yeah. Him plus the moment and you've never seen anything like it and it's the movie and it's Master the story. and Commander, a movie I'm gonna recommend this week. He is amazing in that movie like he really like went somewhere to be this man who's on this ship that's they haven't seen land for years <laughs> and it's grimy and it's gross years and, was it yeah they were remember. on that mission for a long time like um grimy and gross yeah <laughs> he really pulled it out on that one I, you know I, I love him too and I really think he's great in this movie and it's a really good pairing between them I didn't think of those two together but like Val Kilmer and Robert Downey Jr. in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Never really thought of those two together, but they worked as well. So this guy has a knack of finding people who kind of work together. Uh, Angori Rice, who plays Holly March, she's the young teenage teenage, would you say, or twelve year old? She's thirteen in the movie. Thirteen. But the character. I don't know. But but she plays Yeah, children actors often you can go, hmm, children actor functional it's just a child acting right but then you watch room or stranger things yep room. or this the room yeah yeah and so this girl here she's playing a very very grown-up role she's obviously more grown-up than a father she there's lots of vile language going on around her there's lots of violence going on around her there's lots of boobies and sex going and I around. said oh you know we've come to a time in society in our society where you know we're not shielding children we're showing children characters with these dramas and grown up stuff all around them and yet when you think about it every Grimes fairy tale Grim Grim brother fairy tale it's all about children in horrible Grim such Grimm's brothers Grim the yes, brothers Grim that's it um they're all about children being faced with horrible things. A wolf eats a grandmother, right? A witch puts the children in a in a cage to fatten them up so she can eat them. This is this isn't us just all of a sudden making children become adult. It's like <laughs> when you think about it like that, you realize, you know, because somebody will watch this and be like, "Oh, how inappropriate!" You know, you should never have a child in a movie in that kind of a role, but. Go back to um, Leon the Professional. There's a child who's very grown up in a situation that she shouldn't really be in that's too grown up for her. But again, but somebody can really say, well. ugh, yeah. you know, what yeah. a terrible, terrible thing. But, but this girl... She did an amazing job. And it's not a girl I, I know. <clears throat> I mean... And she's up against, or up with, Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling. She doesn't seem to phase oh, her in phase any way. Oh, doesn't at all. Uh, Kim Bassinger plays Judith Kuttner. What did you think of her? 
Mm. We all know who Kim Basinger is. I know. I'll be honest. She, she was nothing. She could have been anybody. She plays it really on the she down didn't make it. She didn't make it intimidating or interesting. I wasn't like, oh, it's Kim Basinger. I was just like, whatever. And I, I'm not being rude. It's just so bland. I think way. I think there's a lot of other actresses who could have made that part could have been more interesting. It was very. Um, I don't know about that because there's not much to do, but. She didn't bring anything to it. Well, she could have, but she didn't. That's what I mean. I think other people would have brought something. She didn't. She brought... What she brought to me was... I'm she was a bit bang. rung out and kind of pissed I'm off with I'm kiss-facing her. Like, look, well, we got Well, I mean, to actually, the character, she seemed like she brought this... Oh, this... Oh, my... This is how my character feels. I think that's oh. just Kim Basinger. <laughs> She's had a hard time in the last few years, but yeah, she didn't do much for me. And then the three bad guys in the movie, you got Matt Bomer as John Boy, Keith David as Old Guy, and Bo Knapp as Blueface. These are the three big bad guys in the movie. What did you think of these three guys? Obviously Keith David, we all know him. Yep, really good. Yeah. That was really good. Didn't have to say much. Blueface, I thought it was really over the top and too cartoony. It was Batman villain to me. It um, was literally a Batman villain. That's what he was looked like he was, was going like for that. it was like a 70s, you know, we've seen movies where people are just over the top and I just felt like Basically he was... he's Blueface because when you rob a bank and that ink is in the in the thing, like we just saw on um, Session, what was the movie we saw recently where it blew up in the car but it was red? Oh, With, yeah. Yeah, um, something nine. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, the blue dye pack goes off in his face, and in the seventies, it was the kind of dye pack that never comes off. So he will come off eventually. Eventually, but, yeah. but he ends up being blue face because he's got this blue face. So, uh, but yeah, cool. and he's like, <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. It's like it's like yeah. a, a Batman. Unfortunately, thing. he didn't do much for me. But the guy who played John Boy towards the end, he's, he's this kind of hitman assassin kind of guy. He was awesome. Like. Also over the top, but in a different way. Yeah, over the top in a robotic kind of way. Yeah. Very robotic, but it worked for that one. It did. Uh, directed by Shane Black. Shane Black is also the director of Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. I told you earlier, he wrote all of the Lethal Weapon movies, The Last Boy Scout. He directed Iron Man 3, and he wrote Iron Man 3. Um, controversially, the worst of the Iron Man movies. I think it's the worst of the Iron Man <laughs> movies, to be honest. I don't think it's particularly good. Um, but I don't, I don't know if it was his fault. But um, what do you think of Shane Black? With his, um, I like it when he's doing kiss, kiss, bang, bang, yeah. nice guys. Stick with the stuff that lets you be super creative and not reined into a thing. His next movie he's doing is Predators, the Predators, the, Predator. the, the Predator. Predator. Yeah, the sequel to the original. The actual Predator movie. sequel. Yeah, not not that second Predator one where they're in the city. Now I happen to love Predator. I still do. If I watched it right now, even if it's not as good as I remember, I probably have watched it. No less than a hundred times because I would let it run on videotape just over and over and over, and I have no idea why. Get to the chopper! I don't even know why. I just was like totally into it. I'd turn up the sound really loud and do it like clean house, and still, because I've seen it so many times, I knew what was going on, and it's just one of those weird. I really like the one Robert Rodriguez did as well a couple of years ago. Oh, um, not a couple of years ago, 10 years ago probably, but that was a good one too. Where Alien versus Predator? No, just Predators. The one where they're in the jungle, and it was a. Uh, the guy from the piano, the piano? No, the pianist. That guy. Yeah, yeah, I like them. But that I, was just, a cool I actually one. liked Alien vs. Predator too. I can't help I it. I really did not like that. It's kind of like a TV. It almost reminded me of like how Farscape, as a TV show, kind of cheeky, kind of 
lame, but I, I love Alien and I love Predator. And so put them together and I'm there. I'll well, watch. Shane Black can do these big movies, such as Iron Man 3 and this new Predator movie, but I really have liked him more in these smaller yeah. character-based things. Just so you know, the girl you were talking about, she was born in the year 2001, and huh? so she was 15 right. now, so she would have been 14 last year. Yeah. So, um, Old enough for all that porn and stuff, definitely. Yeah, and I'm sure she wasn't seeing. <laughs> I mean, they didn't put her in this when she situations. was in that room. No, there wasn't. Porn. And she's not in those situations. I don't want to mislead people to no. think they're putting this young girl in horrible situations. She is basically being exposed to what these two men yeah. on their journey are being, and they don't even like it. They know it's like gross. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so um, they stay. There are a couple of extras on this Blu-ray. There's always Bet on Black, which. Like features, uh, it's mostly about the director Shane Black, and the other one is Worst Detective Ever, making the nice guys. They're only both of them are only five minutes each, so don't expect an extra long making of documentary or anything. But it's pretty good. It was alright. Yeah, yeah, it's not. It doesn't feel promotional. It feels more like somebody actually made a little piece to go along with the movie, not like a hey, here's the trailer of the movie and here's one interview with Joel Silver. It's not that. It's a bit better than that. But that's it. There's no commentary. It's just those two featurettes. Um, so, in conclusion, I really like The Nice Guys. It, it's very, very funny to me. And I really love the era of the 70s. And they really nailed the era of the 70s in this movie. Cars. People. We're kind of a sucker for that, though. There's a cool headdress made out of cigarettes. <laughs> oh, my God. That's awesome. <laughs> like, in a party, there is a lady like a wearing a cigarette party. hat. So you can pick a cigarette out of her hat when she walks and past. And she's got a light. So she's yeah. got a light for you. Awesome. That was awesome. I think little that details awesome. like that. It, it, it will make me remember this movie in, t- in years to come. So uh, Shooting through the hot tub? Shooting through the hot tub. Yeah. <laughs> there's just crazy... Yeah, there's a lot of memorable things in this movie. Throwing a little girl out of a window... Not yeah. the little girl we've been discussing. When he says, "What? What? Did you hear that noise?" <laughs> yeah. they, say, they say to this hitman guy who just threw a, go- a little girl through a window, "Did you just hear a noise?" And he said, "It was me throwing a girl through the window. <laughs> yeah. A little girl through the window." <laughs> and they're both like, "Huh?" <laughs> so um, yeah, it's funny in a dark way. So it's not Anchorman. <laughs> it's more, you know, violent yeah. comedy. So yeah, I recommend it. The Nice Guys. It actually is called, on the cover, it, it says The Nice Guys and then under, underneath, Private Dicks. Yeah. But it doesn't say that, I don't think that's the official title. Is that this the tagline? Yeah, maybe. Private Dicks. Private Dicks. <laughs> Couple of dicks. So, um, yeah, I recommend it and so do you. I'm going to talk oh, for you. Yeah. <laughs> do I recommend this movie? Yes, you do. <laughs> So thank you to Warner Brothers for the movie, The Nice Guys. Next week's Blu-ray review will be Money Monster. That's starring Mr. George Not Clooney. Not looking forward to it. And Julia Roberts. So we'll be looking at that next week. You're not looking forward to any movie because you've seen the cover. <laughs> no, I just, I'm not a huge fan of George Clooney. Well, he so could. we'll see how it goes. Could, hey, I was, it's better to have low expectations, I right. find. Right. And then I'll be... Sp- plus, you know what? By next week, I will have forgotten what we're going to see. <laughs> All right. My short-term memory. So, movie recommendations. I am going with uh, a movie from Ryan Gosling and a movie from Russell Crowe. The movie from Ryan Gosling is the major motion picture trailer, Drive. (laughs) If you're a Bob's Burgers fan, you'll understand what I'm talking about. I'm Ryan Gosling from the major motion picture, Drive. Trailer, Drive. Your major motion picture, (laughs) Drive. 
If you've seen Bob's Burgers, you will know what that Louise means. Louise dresses up as Ryan Gosling from Drive, but she's only nine, so we're owed to so assume she that she's seen only the seen the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> so, who says, who are you? Linda, her mother. And she says? I'm Ryan Gosling from the major motion picture trailer Drive. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, my other one is Master and Commander from Russell Crowe. It might be my favorite Russell Crowe movie. I love Gladiator, but Gladiator is a little bit cheesy if you go back and watch it. Um, Isn't a lot of things. Master and Commander's not cheesy at all. It's just grim and dark and gross and grubby. <laughs> so I recommend Master and Commander. And yours Did are... Did you like Master and Commander or that last one we just watched about the Moby Dick thing better? Master, Master and Commander's way better than that right. movie. Yeah. Okay, I've got to bring it to everybody. I've decided to stop doing my long list... I'm sure everybody was in love with it and just waiting and dying to get through the entire list. But I realized something. There's 2,500 movies on that list. If I do five a day, or five a week, <laughs> I'll never get through it. We'll have to do this indefinitely. You we'll like 100 years old and you're going... <laughs> Plus I'm adding to it every week. So I, don't forget, I'm adding every movie I see to the list. We're both 100 years old and you're going, F <laughs> is for... <laughs> <laughs> that's true I was only on the seas yeah. so <laughs> so Freddie got fingered I've, oh my god see I'm afraid I might have to cross a few more bad ones so I've changed my tactic just to make you all happy and I'm gonna try to just recommend what I want to recommend from all right. on. it's a pain in the ass though I come to the moment when you're like are we ready are we ready are we ready to do the thing I'm like oh crap I haven't picked my recommendations this is why I reverted to the list so, so this is just about. whatever you think of at this time yeah and strangely I am associating it with this kind of movie so I've picked Airheads which is like you know a band of this group this band wants to bring radio it to the radio station. station to make them play their music and it's one. I actually like it Brendan Fraser um, Steve Buscemi is in it I believe yeah, it is. it's really fun it's really you know it's just a hokey like a 90s early 90s yeah yeah, yeah. so Airheads a it, life it has a, Airheads has a vibe of the 80s movie still correct but it's moving into the 90s correct yeah. we're going from like Bill and Ted yeah kind of leftover you know um, A Life Less Ordinary which is like a wacky Kind of... Danny Boyle. Yes. It's got Obi-Wan Kenobi in Ewan it. Ewan McGregor. And is it... Cameron uh, Diaz. Cameron Diaz. Cameron Diaz. <laughs> I always have to tell the story again. When my nephew was about... Mm, four. four. years old. He was sitting with his little jaw in his hands with his little elbows up on the desk we were, a long we, time ago. We were sat next to him. He was on the computer. He was on the computer and I was showing him the internet. You know, he was only four. What this do you want to search This for? would be like the year 2000. And I said, uh, we had, he watched movies and TV and stuff with us. And I said, who do you want to look for? And he goes, mm, Cameron Diaz. <laughs> yeah, immediately. <laughs> like it was in his head. Because he had seen Shrek. Yeah, that's what it was. And he knew that Cameron Diaz. <laughs> I said, now, Cameron Diaz, she's a person. She's, <laughs> her voice is all you hear on Shrek. And he goes, Cameron Diaz. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I want to, all I want to see. <laughs> so... The- <laughs> <laughs> When I tell he him, he was happy course, with the search too. I he doesn't remember. He was, I, I remember the search though when he he just looked at it. Looked He's at pictures of it. He, he looked at Shrek pictures. He looked at her. Hmm, yeah, and then he liked to draw stuff when you show him afterwards. Remember, he played that ghost game in Harry Potter, and he would just draw them yeah. all all the time. So that's really funny. Um, and my last one is a fish called Wanda, because again, yeah. it's off center. Multi-pythonish. Yes, it's got a bit of like what the hell, and you're not sure. Eric Sometimes Idol. you. 
you think it's trying to be too intellectual, but it's not. It's just goofy shit, you know, where you, you might need to be in on the joke sometimes, but... Some people say it's like Monty Python grown up, but it's not, because they're not grown up at all. It's no. like, stu- it's just as silly. And it's quite indulgent yeah. for them just being actors and They also did a sequel sort of... to it. Yeah. Which wasn't very good. I don't think so. No. So those are my recommendations. We've, we're free from the list. All right, I'm going with games and Ace Scully stuff. I'll start off with... This isn't a game. We both of us watched this this week, um... The people over at E1 Entertainment were kind enough to send us an early screener. It wasn't really a screener, it was the actual real thing, wasn't it? Of um, From Dust Till Dawn Season 3, Episode 1. We're big fans of From Dust Till Dawn. We are. We Again, both are. We are. Yeah. <laughs> Love the movie. Was very excited to know they were making a TV series. We've seen all of the TV series so far. This is the beginning of Season 3. And we saw the first episode this week. Love it. We won't spoil it. Nope, love it. It's coming on very soon. Next week, you'll be able, I'll be able to see it. We have seen it. Um, I would not say that if you love the movie, you're going to love the show. I'm just saying it's no. all part of the same world. The show's really cool. I, I mean, it's, it's... George Clooney, my exception, will be Dust Till Dawn. Yeah. The movie. And the show, if you go and watch the first season of the show, it's on Netflix, if you've got Netflix. It basically retells the movie. But with these new characters, well, the new actors instead of it's not George Clooney and Quentin Tarantino, but it's still written by Quentin Tarantino a lot of the um, original show. But now we've moved on. We're on season three, and it's a, the stakes are a bit higher, and the whole thing is opening up into this big. You know, we know who the we know who the baddies are, and we or we think we do, and big things are happening. So you can actually watch Dust Till Dawn season three from September the sixth onwards. It's going to be uh, ten episodes. I really enjoy it. Um, I think the two guys who play Tarantino awesome. and Clooney are almost better than them now because I've got used to them. Like, I mean, they're they're not better. They're diff- for this story. It's better. Yeah, but it's not better than they wouldn't have been better in the movie. They've gone a lot further ahead to what the characters do in the. Uh, so there's we sure. we just know them better, I guess. But I really like both of them. Everybody seems to have lost weight in this new season. Everybody seems to have yeah, lost they weight. Toned up a yeah. bit. When you see a new season of a show, it's not been on for a year. You really notice that, don't you? You're like, Maybe Whoa. Russell Crowe needs to be on a TV show. I worry for that man sometimes. I think his up and down. I mean, it really suits. I don't care this. if he gets super fat. I just want him to stay the same because it's not good for you. So um, he's not super fat, by the way. He's just he's kind of back to his norm. Yeah. But he got real skinny, and then he, you know, and I mean, Jonah he got real Hill. Ripped I don't like Jonah Hill at all. But again, in this upcoming movie, I can see that he Jonah Hill looks like he um, he got really thin, like then, thin, normal thin. Yeah, like Seth Rogen got really thin, and then went a bit fat, and then got thin again. And that's not good, is it? The extremes and the speed are not good for no. you. I mean, if you just Jonah lose a bunch of weight got, over a long time, like from when we watched Wolf of Wall Street. <clears throat> yeah, he wasn't even skinny then. No, but, it was but now he looks bigger. I worry. I worry. So uh, the game I've been playing this week is The Crew. It's not a new game. Played this from like, what, two years ago? But I uh, was playing it on the PC this week. And um, I, I forgot how fun The Crew is. It's not shooting things. It's not competitive. There's some races and stuff. But it's not you... competitive. No, not really competitive. It's a game. There's some races that you run. But it's not like you're having to perform really well online against people. It's the uh, game that I talked about a couple of years ago from Ubisoft which is you've got the whole of America kind of a truncated version of America some of the states are all mixed into each other but it's the biggest racing game you've ever played you can drive for hours and hours and hours and still not see everything 
Um, but there's races to go along, there's a story going through it. Uh, it's really fun. Um, I have been playing that. I don't know why, I just it was on my desktop, I was like, I've not played this for a while. Started playing it, and then I, now I want to play it again right now. So it got its hooks back into me. The other thing is No Man's Sky. Tell the story about No Man's Sky. The game I said the other week left a really good impression after playing a couple of hours of it. We both played it. For but I said it was oversold. And I also thought that myself, and then... It never got its hooks into me. I didn't want to go back to it. I can't, should I go and play this again? No, I'd rather... Because I know why. I'd rather go and play Overwatch. Because it was kind of boring. But, it, but... Now, this is from a person who can sit literally for 16 hours straight, barely taking a bathroom break and bringing the food to the computer to build houses and cities in The Sims and SimCity. So, I know what boring can possibly look like to someone else and in a game kind of thing. This, for me to watch you, or even if I were to do it, because there's nothing new under the sun once there's you've some, done a few There's things. some cool ideas in it, for sure. The idea is you travel in this expansive trillions and trillions of planets uh, universe. And just find a planet, go to it, um, pick some plants and animals, da 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 talk some, some, to some Catalog intelligent some animals, things. things, and then... Fly Make some out. more stuff, upgrade your machine, upgrade your gun, blah, 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 blah. It's the same. But it, but after a few hours, it becomes quite clear that the, it's very thin, the actual gameplay part of it. That's a nice way it, of saying boring. If you enjoy discovering new planets over and over again, you might like it. I you mean, wouldn't, because it's not new. When you get to the new planet, and I only saw a few, it's almost exactly the same, and a creature might come up that's different, but what's different is... Its claw has four claws. It's all randomly generated. Yeah. Right, so the animals aren't that different. The creatures aren't that different. The look of the landscape can't be that different. You've either got hills, or it's flat, or it's watery, or it's dry. There aren't that many combinations in the world. So when you're playing the Snowman's Sky game, if you get fed up of it, or you're thinking, this isn't what they promised me, you can, and this is unheard of, um, PS4, Sony, don't give refunds, right? Not generally. On anything. Uh, so, with this game, I went on Reddit and people were saying, oh, we went to the PS4 chat and they gave us a refund. So, if you go on the PS4 store, PSN, and you find the Contact Us details page, there's a live chat there. I just went in the live chat and I told the guy, pretty much straight up, uh, I bought No Man's Sky. I actually pre-ordered it. Uh, it's crashing on the PS4 quite often. It's kind of annoying. And I don't feel that the content that we got was what was promised in the trailer. And he immediately, without any question, said, okay, we'll refund you the money. So within about 30 seconds, I got $60 back in my PSN wallet. You don't get the money back. No they're money not giving back. you any money. They're just giving you Sony credit. Which so you already paid. No matter what, they're keeping your money. They're not giving you money back. You can't take that money and go pay your light no. bill with it. You but you have can to... go and get another game. Right. I'm not. I'm saying though, for a lot of people, that's not going to be incentive. They're going to want their money right. back. So, so it's still better than if nothing. If you want your money back, that's not going to happen. But if you, because when you buy games digitally from Sony, you have to have money in a wallet. It's not really money. It's PSN money. So you'll get your PSN money back, which I took and I went and pre-ordered Watch Dogs 2, which comes out in November, which is a game I was going to buy this November anyway. So um, go to the chat, tell them, and you'll quite possibly get a refund. If you go to Steam, if you bought it on the PC, 
they normally have a rule that if you've played a game for more than two hours, you can't get a refund. But they've relaxed the policy on No Man's Sky because they know there are issues with it. There are more issues on PC than they are on PS4. So if you go to Steam support, they will definitely give you a refund, no matter how much you've played it. So that is how you get a refund for No Man's Sky. So, Sid Talk, what is Sven Gulli? Mm, well, he's a horror host, and on Saturday nights he hosts a movie where he does little skits in between the commercials, explains more about the stars of the movie and sort of history of the movie. Now, these are movies from the, it could be the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, mostly universal, you know, hor- uh, old monster movies, but not all. Some are more kitschy, like Look it up. It's S S S S S. It's about snakes. Snake really movie. Bad. Really bad. And snake the movie. car, which is also from the seventies. Uh, uh, jo- not Josh Brolin, his father. The other one, the other Brolin, the grown-up Brolin. Yeah. And he, we've just come to find it as a nice uh, weekend thing. You see an old, yeah. Or you see a really old movie like tonight is like from the forties. We've seen Black Castle last week, which I liked. You didn't. No. It was uh, one of those with Bella Lugosi. Tonight's is Jungle Captive. It's probably going to have stock footage of animals attacking each other. Yeah, a lot of these old movies do. Controversial, yes. And it's probably going to have there are like, things in old movies. Tribes. Yes, you don't like, <laughs> yeah. and understandably so. It's not appropriate, and it wouldn't be appropriate now. However, they exist. They are what they are. And if you oppose, you know, he has complaints every week about, you know, different things that are mentioned in movies. And, you know, I'm sure there are a lot of movies they refuse to show because yeah. it's really bad. But uh, it's a fun thing. It's fun, fun, fun. And it's on MeTV. M-E-TV. Um, I don't know if that's everywhere. It's definitely where we live in Missouri. Mm-hmm. I think it's probably across the And we the don't country. have cable. We just get it on the airwaves on our HD antenna. On the antenna, yeah. So, um, Sidso, what's for dinner? What do you think? Is it Jimmy John's sub sandwiches? And unfortunately, we've gone to Jimmy John's enough over the summer now. Almost every night, I'll be honest. And the numbers are against us because if you go enough, you're going to get things wrong. But we've had a lot of wrong things lately that are really annoying because if I add up... I, I said I need to print out a total from my bank account and hold it up at the window and show them that in the course of the month, I've probably paid two of their salaries. I'm not exaggerating. And so I want to... I understand... Mistakes happen. We had a mistake a few days ago, and we called, and the manager said, Oh, sorry, come in tomorrow. We'll give you your sandwiches for free. I can drive up now and say, I'll have the usual, jokingly, and the person often knows my voice now, so they I, give us... I feel like tonight's sandwiches should really be for free. I agree. last night was completely last wrong. Last night was totally wrong. Yours yeah. had no... Le- and it sounds really petty. It's like, I could just get off my ass, go to the store, buy our own stuff, make our own sandwiches. I understand that. But what if I go to the store, and I buy a packet of our veggie slices, and I bring them home, and I open it, and there's something wrong with it. There's no difference there. If I open a bag of uh, a head of lettuce and I cut into it, and it's completely rotten on the inside, and then I find out they've been having it sit there for a week and forgot to do whatever they're supposed to do, it's kind of the same principle. The person selling you the item is responsible for their quality control. And I am spoiled, and yes, I can drive through and get my supper, no problem. But that's what you pay for, right? And so, and I'm always really fun with them. I'm never, I never get mad at them. We've gotten to have kind of that weird relationship where it's like, it used to be I'd walk into a bar and they knew what drink I wanted. And you're kind of friendly with the bartender. So I'm kind of friendly with the guy at the window. And so I'm not mad. It's just that as a company, you know, it's down to how the individuals handle it. And so tonight, I don't know, I might just drive up and say, yeah, I remember last night they were wrong. So how are we going to deal with that? But, you know. I would do that. It's not a charity, 
But then again, if that was the first time I ever went to Jimmy John's, I would probably never go back. But if I it was, if it was like, oh, we're I vegetarians. Been... My sandwich last night, <laughs> which didn't have any lettuce on at all. So uh, as like... a vegetarian, lettuce is like most of the thing you eat. <laughs> yeah. No, it is not. I mean, on your sandwich. That's yeah. the bulk of your sandwich, apart from the bread. So my sandwich was very flat, and it had two pieces of tomato. Well, all together. Four, pieces of, four slices of tomato and about five slices of cucumber and a piece of cheese. And you know what I realized now? It had no avocado on it. Mine had none, yeah. Mine and had... I ordered light avocado. Forgot Always. about that part. Yeah. So yours was mayo, mayo with yeah. some tomato and some cucumber. Yeah, I mean, it was literally like a, a very basic sandwich. And mine was kind of the opposite. I order onions and peppers, just a you regular so add-on. There were so many peppers and so much onion, I had to pick it off. And I love onion. I ate it anyway, it but <laughs> it's just that thing when they're training new people, I think, sometimes to get fall through the cracks, but enough about Jimmy All John's. All right, so uh, your advice, let's go and eat Jimmy John's. My your advice, advice is... is be alone. There are times like when we're on the bike trail and you just take off, and a lot of women wouldn't like that. I happen to really love it because if you're riding in the woods and there's no one there... There's no device. I mean, I have my phone where I can watch or listen to music, and but I'm not connected to anything. You know, I'm out in the woods. So I just had it off. I turned on my music really low, and I was just by myself. I wasn't even in my house where you can knock around and do stuff. I was just out in the woods on my own, riding my bike. I was too. And true. But, <laughs> but do you see it the same way? Yeah, it's real. What do you think about, though? I usually just listen to music and thinking about my pedaling. Okay, I don't think about bipedaling, uh, unless I'm really tired or it's really hard. I think about everything. Like life, think about upcoming events, you know, I've got my reunion coming up. I've, and then, then my mind trails to the people who've died, and then, then my mind trails to family who have died, and then it might trail off to something else and something else. And in that time, it's, it's truly this new thing people call me time, where you're just... You're, you're with your own thoughts. And if you don't like that, that's tough. But I think it's really good for you. You could fantasize a little bit, imagine a few things, plan a few things. Now, you don't have a piece of paper or anything to write it down. You're just doing something. Like driving is another one of those times when you can just zone out. and but not Well, hopefully zone out. not zone out too much. Well, I mean, sure. zone out as in you're not focused on some person talking to you. You're not really listening to the radio. You're just thinking about, you know... Sometimes I can have revelations about things that I've been... I don't even know how to describe it. It's just sort of avant-garde in there. Sort of weird and smushed up together. I just realized this is off topic. But while I'm sat sat here, I'm having like a Google Glasses kind of moment. Ah. Because (laughs) behind me is my monitor. Yep. It's a big 40-inch monitor. And it is reflecting exactly in a small window in my glasses. Right here. If I look there, I can see exactly what's going on on that. I always have that because my really back cool. is to the, my monitor. It's really cool. I can actually see the waveform and see the... Yeah, that's why I understand now our Google Glass. Cheap works. Google Glass. Yeah. yeah it's so that's a, my advice. Be alone. All right. And uh, discount Google Glass. Just sit <laughs> with, with, your, back with your glasses and your back to the monitor. <laughs> I think you might have said that before. Unless I'm having deja vu. I don't think I've ever seen that before. Deja vu. It's cool. It's cool. Glitch in the Matrix. Could actually watch a show or something. You couldn't. It's about that big. <laughs> it's like, you know, I'm saying it's about the size of, like, like, a, like a tablet-sized thing in front of your eyes. It's weird. So um, let me remind you about our website. Tayscully.com, Sidtow.com. You can catch us on Twitter and Facebook. Catch this podcast on the iTunes Music Store, the Google Play Store, 
or the RSS feed. Just go to aschoolie.com slash podcast. You can subscribe there. Email any feedback to me at aschoolie.com. Don't email Sid Talk. She really hates you all. And I don't hate anybody. Finally. That is not fair. Stay classy, the nice guys. This movie does hint that they may do another nice guys at some point in the future. I really would like to see it because the chemistry between them. See how they get along, yeah. Oh, and I'm going to (laughs) say... And I'm going to say, think for yourself or someone will do it for you.